God, uh, thank you for the day. And thank you that we get to be here with our family and just be on this journey together. We're so thankful that you didn't leave us alone and abandon God, but you've had this plan from the beginning of time. And we're so thankful that you dwell inside of us and amongst us. And you got this plan to bring this group of people together. Strengths and weaknesses and anything and everything in between. To accomplish your purpose to further the kingdom. Father, just be with me this morning. Help me to calm down from the coffee. And uh, just let the Holy Spirit move and speak. And that each of us in our hearts, God, we take on the message that you'd have for us today. As Dustin was sharing in the communion meditation, that it's, it's not just something we talk about, but it's something we got to do and be about. Thank you for being with us this morning. We just invite the Holy Spirit in to have its way with us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. If you see me shaking, it is not nerves. Like the co- I drank some coffee this morning, and whoo, it's from Colombia, and it's the real deal. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it's good stuff. I hadn't ran around enough to get it out of my system. Uh, but anyway, I hope everybody's doing okay. I know there's been a lot of sickness and junk going around, and there's some people out this morning with that mess, and and uh, just hang in there. This too shall pass. <laughs> Well, I have, uh, I have been in the, the midst of ACL recovery, I guess, is a good way to, to put it now, um, after the surgery. And again, thank you for all the prayers and just help during this process. But uh, I've had the wonderful pleasure of going to physical therapy. Um, and at physical therapy, they just call it PT. So that's if I refer to it as that, that's, that's what it means. But uh, this is my fourth go around with this fun, fun regiment. And but this time it's been different. I don't know. Um, before I hurt myself playing dodgeball with middle schoolers, um, Shay and I had been running. Well, Shay had been running. I had acted like I was running, um, but it was enough acting that it did impact me. I I had started uh, to get healthier. In fact, I honestly believe last year was probably one of my healthier years overall. Um, and uh, not doing the dieting thing. And I know all the exercise gurus tell me you can't outrun a bad diet, but I'm going to try, because um, I just love food. It's good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and Jamie and I swap recipes all the time and just hurt each other more and more. <laughs> it's good stuff. But I, but I have, uh, for the first time in my life, almost enjoyed running a little. Uh, I'm not the race person. Like, I don't want to go do races and, and those kinds of things, but I've enjoyed running, and so I was running before I got injured. Um, so, my muscles and everything, I was a little bit more in shape than I had been. And so when I went for the surgery, uh, they told me that might help me in the aftermath, and it has. I've, I've uh, definitely uh, recovered faster. The swelling wasn't bad. There's just a, a lot of things that, that went into that. Um, but it has been different this time for me. I have had a hunger to get back. And I go into therapy, and I'm like, give me everything you got. I don't care. 
Like, and they're like, slow down, you know? And I'm like, no, I don't want to slow down. Like, I want to be back running. I want to be back doing stuff. So last week, we actually started defensive slides uh, like I used to do in basketball practice and stuff. And I was like, let's not go that fast. You know, I was like, oh, that hurts. Um, but, uh, we, you know, we've started to really pick up what I'm able to do, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but, yeah, there's just been this, this hunger there that wasn't there before. At least I don't remember it. And, and even recovery, man, like all the other times it took three and four months of rehab, and I think I'm going to graduate in about two and a half. Um, and so it's just been a, a very different circumstance overall for me. And I think some of that was just the exercising beforehand. But while I was at therapy, you know, everybody comes in and out of there, and everybody's in different places of life. But I've noticed these three categories that everybody seems to fall into. There's this one group of people that fall under the, will you do this for me category, you know? And they come in, and they don't want to do any of the exercises, they want whatever hurts massaged or electrocuted or whatever. And then when, the exer- when it's time for the exercises, and sometimes you need help. I mean, when I first got in there, they were having to bend my leg for me. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this attitude of just, uh, I really don't want to be doing this. I know you're telling me I have to or a job's telling me I have to, but I really don't want to be in here. And they don't push themselves and they don't motivate themselves and honestly, when I see those people week after week, there's not a lot of change. They just kind of stay the same. And they're not progressing, and they're going to be in therapy for six months, you know, because they're not going through the things that you need to go through to develop and to change. And then there's the group that's the just enough group. And this is most people, actually. Like, so many people come in there, and, and the physical therapist will be like, hey, you need to do this, and and they're like, how many times? They're like, 15, and I'll count. They don't know I'm counting. I just people watch. That's what I do. And they'll do nine. Yep, I'm done. And I'm like, no, you're not done. And I'm not going to tell on them, you know, but uh, they're not done, you know. They just like kind of don't do it. Or like when you're doing exercises, man, a physical therapist is like, hey, this is how you do it. Your toes need to be pointed at this angle and all this stuff. So you're getting maximum workout on your muscles and different things. And they're over there. You know, just, they don't care. And it's just enough. I'm just doing this for fill in the blank. Maybe they have to. I don't know. But they're doing it. There's a little effort, but not a lot. And they're just settling for mediocrity. And you know what? That's what they're getting. And the crazy thing is I kind of sit there and I'm like, I've been there. You know, and who's it really impacting? Them. The physical therapist is getting paid no matter what. This is all for them, you know, and then there's the hungry people, and thank the Lord this time I fall into this a little bit, but not even me. I saw this lady the other day, man, she had me by a few years, and she could whip me, man. I mean, she was doing like army crawls on the ground and like all this stuff, and I just told her, I was like, you are so motivating. Uh, I I said, "It's it's just awesome, and she's like, I don't ever want to feel this way again. And I was like, wow. And she had this hunger. Nobody was like having to stand over here and like, you do 15 of these. No, she's going to do 20. You know, she's going to push herself and she's getting done with an exercise and I'm worn out. Just like, I'm breathing heavy watching her crawl across the floor. And she's like, what else? What do you got? I'm like, wow. And she's smoking her therapy right now. She's just barreling through it. 
and she's getting strong, and it's just not just enough to get back into life. Like, she's going to be coming out of this better and stronger for it. And I can't help when I'm in the midst of that to not think about it in a spiritual way, you know? And where do we find ourselves? Are we the, will you do this for me kind? Or we look to others for kind of our spiritual maturity and our, you know, even our study time. Like, hey, you know, the preacher will step on my toes. Are we the just enough? You know, we show up and we check the boxes. The Bible calls us to hunger and thirst, right? Have you ever been there? Are you there now? This hunger, this desire to seek after his kingdom first. And, and so I, would, I, and I really do just sit around in therapy and think about that a lot. Um, because I, again, truly for the first time, I can't claim this any other time, but I want to, I want to do this and I want to do it right and I care and I'm, I'm going above and beyond and I'm asking for all they'll give me. And I'm like, man, do I do that with Jesus? Do I ask him to give me more? Am I, am I hungry to follow him? We were watching a little Francis Chan thing in our, in our life group, and he was kind of just talking about God. And he was like, man, you know, like sometimes we lose that awe and wonder of God. He's like, like how dare we even like stand here and think that we can even speak on his behalf, you know? It's so crazy how it gets watered down in the midst of our life. How it just becomes casual, mediocre. So, whether you're hungry, whether you're doing just enough, or whether you want someone else to do it for you, I kind of want to share three simple kind of spiritual jump starts to our life, our encouragements to keep going, if you will, if you're in the middle of them. We're going to read from Matthew 6 a couple of times, but this one's going to be 6, 31 through 34. It says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We're going to go in reverse order. But my first kind of focal thing is living today. You know, the Bible talks about us not dwelling. I know we got to make plans, and I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But uh, I, I listen to financial podcasts all the time. I've made a lot of poor decisions with my money, and I want to make good decisions with my money. So I try to pour wisdom into myself a lot. While I'm driving around, I'll have a podcast going from Dave Ramsey-type people, you know. Um, the guy I listen to most, his name's Jesse Meacham. He created YNET, which stands for You Need a Budget. Uh, I love it. We use it all the time. Um, but he was talking the other day, and he said, man, you know, one of the biggest mistakes in budgeting is that people budget their money off money that they think they're getting. And he's like, because they got a job, right? And it pays them X amount of dollars, $40,000 a year, right? So they're like, hey, I'm going to get this $40,000 so I will live my life because I can make these payments based off what's coming in. And he's like, that is a grave mistake. And his philosophy, and I, I think this is pretty similar to Dave Ramsey. I, I haven't listened to very much Dave Ramsey, but um, he's like, when you money is in hand, 
Then you go budget it, and you give every single cent a job. He says every dollar. But every piece of money you just got paid, you give it a job. And so as it breaks up in your categories, you don't touch it unless it's a true emergency. And then you have an emergency fund. So if you're going to Italy, right, and you, hey, $15 a month. It's going to be a long time for you to go to Italy. But $15 a month you put in the Italy fund, you know, and you've been doing it for 10 years, and there's $200 in there. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, you want a new cell phone or, or something, and, oh, I could take that money. Nope, that money's not available. It's for Italy. You have to either budget new money that comes into your hand or classify it as emergency and take it out of your emergency fund. And that's kind of their philosophy. And he compared it to time. He's like, a lot of people argue with me about this. Well, I know I'm getting this money. And he's like, I can tell you how many minutes are in this entire year. It doesn't mean I'm getting them. And we all know too well. You know, we know people or we've experienced ourselves. Man, there ain't nothing certain. Jobs can end like that. And I love that thought. Do with what you have. Not what you think you're getting. Oh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that next week. No, no, no. We need to live for Jesus today. Today. And there's this overwhelming question that kept surfacing while I was thinking through all this. And it's if Jesus had your day, and I may have asked this before. I ask myself this all the time. What would he do with it? Now, I'm not talking like you're going to leave here and go walk on water or get on a hillside and speak to multitudes and spit in people's eyes. All right? That's what Jesus did. You have a life that we've surrendered to him. So if he had what you're living today, what would he do with it? How would he focus on today in your life? What decisions would he make? How would he interact with the people you're going to interact with? What would he do with the time that you actually have today? So just getting a today focus. Again, it's not that we have no preparation for tomorrow or things like that, but we all know tomorrow is not promised. My second thing I want to share with you, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which, cling, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance this race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Joel and I have been going uh, through a book. We just started it. I don't want to sound like we've like, you know, done it all right. We just started it, but we've been going through this book together, and it's to kick each other's tail a little on some things because, you know, it's easy I don't care who you are. I don't care what role you play in life. It's just easy to let the little things go sometimes. And that's why we have each other. That's one of the reasons we have each other. So we push each other and sharpen each other and hold each other accountable in love, not judging stuff like truly that you care about me and I care about you and we want to see you improve. And so just kind of a gut check, we've been going through this spiritual disciplines book in the first chapter, he really digs into Paul's thoughts on spiritual training and he compares it to an athlete. He mentions boxing in one area in Scripture. He mentions running a race in another. And uh, I've had a lot of race experience lately from, from the sidelines. Shay is killing it. She's been running, and uh, I'm so proud of her. And one of my friends even made fun of me because she beat me in a race. And I'm like, she beats me in practice too. And uh, she raced him. She beat him. <laughs> like She's doing so good. And, you know, she didn't just up and start a race. 
Like there was a lot of training, you know, uh, that goes into it and a lot of time out there pounding the pavement, you know, uh, to, to build up, to be able to go run a race. And um, it really has been awesome to watch this whole process because, again, we have such parallel uh, to Scripture. But this last race in particular I was thinking about because she didn't do quite as well as she knew she could have or I knew she could have. And she finished second place. She just smoked me. Um, like she smoked a lot of people in the race. But I know she could have been done better. And one of the reasons she didn't is because she's been holding down the Ford at home for two months while I've been trying to learn to walk again. You know, and she's had a lot on her. So she hasn't been able to train like normal. And it impacted her a little bit. You know, she felt it. She told me that after the race. You know, I, I definitely felt that I haven't been running as much. And, and that's kind of what happens, you know. We, we get busy and we stop training and we stop putting into practice. And that's why I want to go back to point number one, today. Don't get mixed up tomorrow. Today. Like, let's focus today on what we need to do to follow Jesus. And there is no, um, there's no ceiling on spiritual disciplines. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 24 through 27. I'll give you a minute to flip over there if you want to. 1 Corinthians 9. 24 through 27, talks more about this, this thought that Paul's been having um, about this race and, and training and, and being active in it, uh, not just standing on the sidelines like I've done so much. I do have one medal. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> it hurt. I earned it. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 goes like this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize, the top prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest having after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Hmm. Paul paints a, a pretty vivid picture right there. I think something, if you've never participated in sports, I mean, I know we've seen them. We live in America. They're everywhere. We see what it looks like when athletes beat their body into submission for perfection, and they put in a lot of time. I remember practicing to get ready for college basketball, and like it was so much more than we did in high school, and I thought high school was hard. Um, it's just crazy. And then again, I have to turn around and be like, am I giving Jesus that effort? You know, am I, am I doing my spiritual disciplines and my training and running the race that's set before me? And are you? Are we in just enough mode or somebody else do it for me mode? And we've lost our hunger and it's become casual. It happens. And as I said before, there's no ceiling on spiritual disciplines. Just like sin, there's no end to sin. If you, if you go down a road, like if we just picked on drugs for a second. We talk about gateway drugs. There's these drugs that aren't as intense and as bad, but they lead to the other stuff because there's no end to it. And spiritual stuff goes the same way. You start pouring yourself into prayer and Bible study and fasting and meditation and solid, like all these things, there's no end. God will take you to another level, I promise, if we're practicing spiritual disciplines. 
And it happens over a lifetime of maturing. People typically don't become spiritual juggernauts overnight. It's a day in and day out, baby steps, training and getting in the game kind of thing. But we can't sit on the sidelines and expect anything to happen. The last thing I want to draw your attention to is Matthew 6 again, but we're going to be in verse 5 through 14. And when you pray, you must not, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for the many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. When we were at uh, TCTC with the middle school kids, we were talking the first night um, about that we're in a spiritual battle. We're in this, uh, we're in this war, you know, uh, really against ourselves even and the spiritual forces that are at work. And I asked them, I was like, do you guys ever do your battle prayers? And they kind of looked at me goofy. And I'm like, you know, I said, you're looking at me funny, but like, it not that funny? Like, if, if we truly were going to walk out that door today and some country had invaded the USA and they were out there, I, I hope there was some preparation that went in on our part, you know? I hope there was something we would understand and, and you know, we'd want as much help as we could get going into battle. And so many of us just start our day and we're in this war and we're in this battle and we don't even give it a second thought because we're in just enough mode or we're in somebody do it for me mode. And we're not stopping and asking ourselves those big questions like, what would Jesus do with my day today? So I want to encourage you, uh, this last point is prayer. Like, are you really starting your day with those kinds of prayers? The prayers that, hey, I need you to engage this soul right here. I need you to lead this day. Because if I do it my way, hey, it might be all right. It might be a decent day. But I'm going to miss something because I'm weak. And in my weakness, you're made strong. When I'm in obedience, when I throw myself out there and be like, I'm yours, show me. And then we have to act. We have to do what he leads us to do and what he tells us to do. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, you know, when we do wedding ceremonies, the typical ceremony that I do has this part in it about the wedding ring. And we talk about the unending circle is like the unending of your love for each other. It's all sweet. But it's this circle that just goes round and round. And so I want to I lay that ring down and let's make it a little bit more 3D image. And let's think parking garage, Okay. Because you know you get in a parking garage and you start up. If you're looking at it on a GPS, you don't, you don't move except in a circle and it looks like a ring, right? But when you're looking at it from the side, you know 
They're going up. And I, I really think that's how our spiritual life is intended to be. It is repetitive, but it deepens, right? We come back around to prayer a lot, right? We talk about prayer a lot and like, oh, he talked about prayer. And he read that scripture again. Are you, are you doing it? Have you, have you climbed to the next level? Are you deepening your disciplines in your life? Are you hearing from God in a different way, in a deeper way? Are you obeying Jesus more today than you did yesterday? Then you need to hear it again. That's what Peter said. I'm going to remind you of this stuff till I go. Because we need reminded. Because our flesh is daily at war with ourselves. It hates God. That's what the Bible paints the picture of. Our flesh is at war against God. So if you're not doing the things to prepare for battle every day, and you're just treating it with mediocrity, then that's what you're going to get is mediocrity. And this year is going to look like last year and next year. And I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. I want us to have that hunger to go in there and tear this thing up for the kingdom. We're supposed to see the kingdom first. So let's focus today. Let's be in training. Let's engage the game. And as Jesus said, the greatest two commands, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Don't ever neglect your first love. we got to engage in that relationship with the Father. I always encourage you to do that first thing in the morning. I know everybody's not bubbly morning people. I am. My wife hates it. But I, I just, man, to start your day like ready for battle because, again, that's what we're in. I just think we got to do that stuff. I just felt like those were three pretty simple things that we could think about. That what would Jesus do with my day today if he had my time and he was going to interact with the people I'm going to interact with? And I can put his kingdom first. Let's pray. God, thank you for the day. Thank you for your words. Thank you for when you give us deeper understanding of those words. Thank you for when we grow in our faith. We're maturing. We're following Jesus. God, Joel mentioned last week the, the dust from the rabbi's sandals being on his disciples. I do pray that that's us. What a powerful image. God, that we're so close to Jesus. We know the shepherd's voice. We see how you're working throughout our day. We understand the things that you call us to engage, the people that you call us to love, the times you ask us to sacrifice. And we hear it, God. We hear your voice. And we respond accordingly. And we go up the next level. And we just deepen our relationship with you. And we deepen our relationship with each other. And we are children of God. And we are the church. And we are fulfilling the mission that you put us here to do. And I pray we're doing that until we're all standing around your throne, singing praise songs. I pray that we are in the game. And that we're training. And that we don't stop. And that we love each other. And we sharpen each other. And we carry each other's burdens and we serve and sacrifice and all the things that you call us to. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit.
We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Go eat lunch. I'm just kidding. I don't know if God wrestles with you like he does with me sometimes, but man, we, we always, you know, at the end, end of a service, man, if there's been stuff you've been battling and we can pray with you and pray for you, man, we always want to do that. And uh, if, if God's calling you to, to respond, we always want to invite you up. But the invitation never ends um, anytime, you know. Uh, and, if, and if you don't know Jesus, man, oh, I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine that. So if he's tugging on your heart and, and you need to respond in some way, we want to invite you up uh, as we're going to sing our closing song this morning.